Coffee House Shots is sponsored by Crux, one of the world's leading boutique asset management firms specialising in Asian, European and UK investments. We invest in the long term and our dedicated team of investment professionals have decades of fund management experience between them. Visit cruxam.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. With Christmas soon approaching, one might be forgiven for thinking that the year's political arguments could be set aside and wrapped up as neatly as presents under the tree. But that would be wishful thinking for Boris Johnson, whose already precarious position was rocked even further last night by the resignation of Lord Frost, the government's chief Brexit negotiator. Frost cited concerns over the government's current direction of travel and uneasiness about the level of Covid restrictions. Andrew Marr asked the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, if the Great Frost's departure was a sign of a new winter of discontent. Your former colleague, Lord Frost, clearly doesn't like the way this government is going. He doesn't like the high tax aspect of this government. He doesn't like the restrictions either. And he speaks for an awful lot of Conservatives. What do you say to people who look at you now as a government and individually and say, do you know what, this is no longer a Conservative government? Well, I mean, first, I'm sorry to see him go. I think he's been an outstanding public servant. Uh, He's done uh, great things for this country, not least in helping to get uh, Brexit done. But he's resigned out of principle. I think you can see that. I know all about resigning out of government and principle and And, uh, you know, he's made that decision. And I think we have to respect that. He will be missed. He has his views. I think the the direction of travel in government... and think the wrong direction. Well, he's entitled to his views. uh, Of Mm. course he is. Mm. uh, But my own view in terms of the direction of travel, uh, dealing with this pandemic, of course, which was something that no one expected at the time that we won the last election, but also getting on with the priorities of the British people, whether that's investment in the NHS, the levelling up agenda, you know, this is all a, a huge part of what the government's getting on with. Has the pandemic obliged you to behave in a way in office that you never expected to, that you didn't, it doesn't, as it were, chime with your own ideology? Yes. You know, last week I had to take the Plan B measures uh, through Parliament. I, I didn't come, personally, I didn't come into Parliament to restrict people's freedoms, quite the opposite. I want to have more freedom, more opportunities. But I, I think that the, 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 the British people do understand that uh, the, this pandemic, it requires extraordinary actions. And, and, and that's what last week was, you know, the, the Plan B measures. Leaked minutes from a recent meeting of the SAGE Advisory Committee have fueled rumours of a circuit breaker lockdown to deal with the Omicron variant of Covid. Ma asked Javid if he could rule out this circuit breaker or indeed anything else. But just let's go through the figures that Sage have given us. They say that if you don't do anything more than where we are now with Plan B and the booster campaign, hospital admissions could peak at between 3,000 and 10,000 a day and deaths between 600 and 6,000. Now, there's very, very big margins of error there, and we can both see. Nonetheless, that seems a huge risk to take, to go no further. Is that a risk you're willing to take? It's, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a very sobering analysis. We take it very seriously. As I said, there are gaps in the data, and, and our scientists, of course, they recognise that, uh, for example, on, on severity, on hospitalisation. But we will look at this data, we will take into account other factors and then decide whether further action is needed or not. I do think, by the way, I think the action that we've already taken, the the Plan B measures, including the communications around that, uh, as you've just referred 
to him. It has led. They're talking sooner rather yeah. than later. They say. Look, you must, they, you they, must they, act sooner rather. They, they, they are, and I, I and I understand that. And and there's a point there about you know if you if you wait until data is absolutely perfect, it may well be too late. And and that's the, I think that's a central point that they're making. Mm. But as ministers, as I say, maybe too we, late already. Well, we have to we have to we do have to challenge data and, and underlying assumptions. I think that is appropriate and take into account you know, a, a broader set of but factors. But to be absolutely clear, you are not ruling out a circuit breaker or some new restrictions coming in before Christmas. But there are no guarantees in this pandemic. I don't All think right. at this at this uh, point we we just have to keep everything under review. Perhaps the moment which brought the government's woes into the sharpest focus was the loss of the North Shropshire by-election. The outgoing MP Owen Paterson had won it with a majority of almost 23,000 in 2019, but on Thursday, the Liberal Democrats converted this into a handsome majority of their own. Whose fault was the North Shropshire by-election result? It was our fault. Define our the Conservative Party, collectively. You know, we didn't... Uh, what did, know, you, we get, didn't, what we did you get wrong? We, we, I think we got a number of things wrong. We, we, um, the, the, how we handled the Owen Paterson affair was wrong, and I, I've said that before. I regret uh, my role in that, um, and, but that was wrong, uh, and uh, I think that was a huge damaging, of course, because, you know, he was there. Produced the by-election. Yeah, of course, and, uh, mm. and, and, and a lot of his constituents mm. wouldn't have liked uh, what had happened. Um, and, uh, and and I think all some of the recent news around whether there were gatherings in number ten or not or even gatherings Christmas or parties. whatever, mm. all this stuff, this mm. is, or even Christmas parties. So what 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 has or has not happened? The fact that it's being investigated that hasn't helped. But all I would say is, so it's a disappointing result. Let's start, you know, let's not sugarcoat it and pretend that, you know, there's it's some a good lining in it. It's a it's a, it's a, look, it's a, I think you can say what you like, but it, I, I'm, I think I'm being very straight with you that mm. it, it was uh, not the result that any one of us wanted to see. Uh, but uh, we now have to learn lessons. We have to listen in particular to the people of North Shropshire and the things that they want to see, whether that's investment, it's jobs, it's opportunities, and hope that at the next election we can win it back. Several Conservative backbenchers have been deeply irritated by the government's Plan B measures, which were passed by the Commons last week. Conservative backbencher Andrew Bridgen made an appearance with Kate Borsay on Times Radio, where he made his displeasure with the Prime Minister plain for all to hear. How long are you going to give Boris Johnson? Because this doesn't feel like it's going in a very positive direction at the moment. Well, the answer is for Boris Johnson is to uh, is to to change or go. Uh, we are going to have to change policy and get back to conservative policies, which we were voted in uh, with a huge um, majority and a mandate. Um, and, and I think the Prime Minister needs to think very carefully whether he can change, whether he wants to change. And I think Quite honestly, Conservative MPs will be considering the same matters as well over this Christmas holiday. So are you going to give him until the beginning of January? Um, I think the resignation of Lord Frost for many will, 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 will be a, a watershed moment, quite honestly. The new Shadow Health Secretary, Wes Streeting, joined Trevor Phillips and sought to put pressure on Javid by setting him against his own backbenchers. Streeting told Phillips that he wanted to see action sooner rather than later. Listening to Sajid Javid this morning, he looked like a hostage to his own party, and that's because he is. What we saw this week in Parliament with the huge rebellion of over 100 Conservative MPs on what were actually quite modest measures tells us that the Prime Minister has a big problem when it comes to the crisis of confidence in his leadership within his own ranks. 
And crucially, that is impacting on the government's public health response. So Sajid Javid looks like a hostage. The good news here is that the Labour Party is here to rescue him from that situation. He doesn't have to negotiate with the people holding him to ransom on his backbenches because we will act in the public interest. We will put public health before party politics and we will work with uh, government scientists, medical uh, advisers, as we have done throughout the pandemic, to put public health first. And that should be the only focus of the government. Phillips also interviewed the Liberal Democrat leader, Sir Ed Davey, who felt that his Christmas had come early this year. Ed Davey, um, you must be very cheerful this morning. Congratulations. Is this the um, start of the Lib Dem uh, resurgence or is it just the usual mid-term protest vote that will disappear in a general election? I'm very excited by our victory. It's the second by-election victory for the Liberal Democrats against the Conservatives this year. That's not happened since 1993. So I'm really proud of our party. I'm really proud of our campaigners. And I think we've brought hope to the whole nation. We've proven the Conservatives can be beaten anywhere. And I think we've confirmed the reality that if we're going to get Johnson, the Tories, out of office, it's going to take the Liberal Democrats beating Conservative MPs in their blue wall seats. And finally, Andrew Marr marked the end of an era as he prepares to leave the BBC to move on to pastures new. He signed off with a tribute to another legend of TV journalism, Anchorman Ron Burgundy. That is it, all over. I have been so lucky and so privileged to share so many Sunday mornings with you. The wonderful Sophie Rayworth will be taking over now, and then who knows? I have been wondering how to close this final show, but I can't do better than quoting my great mentor. You stay classy, San Diego. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with the Sunday Roundup next year. <laughs>